When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Stars Made Me Do It. You got all three of us, and we are continuing this unofficial but pretty official intermediate series. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> it is official. I, I made it like a special type of artwork for these episodes, and once I do that, I declare it official. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So if anybody wants to make a playlist of all the intermediate episodes, that would be fantastic. Maybe maybe we'll get to it, but maybe it's Maybelline. Anyway, we're talking about aspect patterns today, but not before sponsored. we get to that, not sponsored, but yeah. uh, but Maybelline. not saying no, but not saying no. <laughs> uh, before we get to the meat of the episode, make sure to go check us out on all the socials, Instagram and TikTok. We are at the Stars Made Me podcast. We are on patreon.com slash the stars made me do it. That's where our second podcast is. Uh, you can do a free trial. Check us out. It's a good time. Uh, so how are you guys feeling about looking into aspect patterns? I'm excited about it because honestly, I, well, a lot of my astrology has always just been like self-discovery and I just never really looked at it. Hmm. What about you, Sierra? I like looking at aspect patterns on like a case to case kind of basis when I'm looking at a chart, doing a chart reading for someone. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, here we go. Here's a grand trine here. Or like noticing those little aspects that are going on that it seems to be in the moment. I notice something as opposed to going in and studying kind of the differences between each of the, you know, more minor aspects. Cause we talked about, and we'll get into it, but with the major aspects, those are things that I look at all the time, always looking at the major aspects. That's something like, you know, where learning just about the signs and learning about the elements and then the modes. And then when you're putting it all together, aspects just come into a, a reading of a chart. And I'm always looking at that or looking at that with the transits, you know, when we're going over the transits every week in our Patreon episodes, but for the actual aspect patterns, it's very cool to look at it from a concentrated, this is actually what a grand trine means. This is actually what a T-square means, as opposed to just noticing it in someone's chart and kind of diving into it in the moment. Yeah, I'm the same way where I'm not actively seeking out any aspect patterns, but if it if it like stands out to me or if it's like screaming at me, then I'll look into it and I'll kind of discover what it's trying to say. But yeah, similarly, we I use aspects and any like as soon as I'm reading a chart, I kind of at this point, you know, you're like more of an advanced astrologer when you stop looking at individual placements and you're like, OK, how are these communicating with each other immediately and having to bring it back down to basics? But let's talk about what aspect patterns are. Basically, they are patterns that aspects are communicating to each other. So a little refresh on the major aspects. We've got conjunction, opposition, square, trine, and sextile or sextile. And all of these aspect patterns that we're going to be talking about are like arrangements of any of these five major aspects. And if you don't know what any of these aspects mean, go listen to our major aspects episode. We also have a minor aspects episode out, but uh, we're not going to be talking about those in this episode. 
I guess I didn't really think about it like that as just like aspects. I, I guess that I have always looked at it, but I never put a name to like, oh, Grand Trine or oh, Yacht or whatever like that. Yeah. So I guess I have, I do do it. I just don't put a name to it. Well, now you can. Yeah. I get that. I feel like where I'm like, oh my gosh, this opposition that I have in my chart, there's something that's squaring it. And it's like, oh, we'll see around. That's a T-square, isn't it? You know? <laughs> so I feel like it just kind of like what you said, Martha, I hadn't really put names to it before, but also just jumping onto what Mimi said, because I feel like a lot of people who are listening to this episode do know what aspects are and have already listened to the aspects episode, but like just real quick refresh conjunction is when plan like two placements are right on top of each other opposite is when they're opposite opposition is when they're opposite one another square is when they're making that 90 degree angle so it would be you know like uh, an opposition would be gemini and sagittarius and so the other mutable signs would be squaring that virgo and pisces that's making that square energy a trine making a triangle so it would be all three of the elements to have uh, or, you know, uh, the same element, an air to an air, a mm -hmm. water to a water. And then sextile is when they are, I don't even know 60 how to degrees. It. Like you, you see, yeah, you 60. So you skip a sign. You yeah. basically like in the most general terms, you skip a sign. It would be Sagittarius. Oh, we're going to skip Capricorn, go to Aquarius. That's sextile. So mm -hmm. there we go. There's a brief, brief overview. Nice. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> So should we just get into the first one? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Our first aspect pattern is, we've already kind of mentioned it, the grand trine. And so this is when three or more planets are forming trines with one another um, in all three of the same element. So in our example, my partner, Mitch, has a grand earth trine. Are we surprised? If you know, you know. Um, so he has... <laughs> He has placements in all three of the Earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, and they're all within orb of a trine to each other. So orb is another thing we should talk about. I know, Sierra, you use a seven degree orb. I typically use five, but I'll like extend to seven or eight. Was that right? Or do you I, not? I usually use five. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you used seven. Yeah. My goodness. What yeah. kind of friend am I? I don't even know what kind of orb. <laughs> I, I will I will extend it if, if like Same. I really... You know, like if, if it's, it's a, I feel like if it was a grand trine and we have a seven degree orb, like those energies are strong and talking to each other, but aspects I normally use five. Yeah. Okay. And then Martha, what would you use? Five. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, I I'm the same. Yeah. It's you gotta read it. Read the room. Read the room. Yeah. I think <laughs> if it's personal planets, I extend it a little bit because I'm like, okay, these placements are very personal to you. So let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt here. So basically a grand trine is always going to be in the same element. There are ways to have out of sign aspect patterns, but I think for this episode, maybe we don't go down that rabbit hole just because it could complicate things. So my partner has his moon at 14 degrees of Virgo. His Venus is at 16 degrees of Taurus and then his Uranus is at 18 degrees of Capricorn so all three of those are forming this grand earth trine and um, what it means to have a grand trine in general is that this is a place of talent and ease think about like what a trine means just when you're looking at a single trine in a chart this is a beneficial communication between planets so to have a grand trine which is all three of the same element communicating with each other this comes so easily to the native and i feel like the native wouldn't 
maybe wouldn't understand how it doesn't come easily to others because it's such a natural skill a natural talent and the way that this shows up for mitch is that he genuinely is so tapped into earth energy that he doesn't even realize how you couldn't be tapped into earth energy he is earth energy. he is earth energy he is dirt <laughs> he is dirt compliment you just let him know when he comes home <laughs> yeah. you are my favorite dirt you know, <laughs> full of nutrients yes very earthy very earthy the earthiest of the earthiness mm. i feel like i feel like the difference here because there you know a trine is a major aspect and this is the the aspect of a grand trine and so i'm thinking of like my husband has his son and his Mars, I believe, or no, his sun and his moon are trine. He's got sun in Aquarius. I think it's at like eight degrees trine his moon at like seven degrees. You know, it's something like very much uh, his moon in Gemini. So we've got Aquarius in Gemini that's making a trine, but it's not a grand trine because he's got nothing in Libra. And so if you think about like, yes, Aquarius and Gemini are communicating really well to each other, but we don't have that Libra element that kind of completes the well-roundedness of what air means. And then I think about like my friend and Mystic Gossip buddy, uh, Stefan, who has a grand air trine and like Gemini rising, Aquarius, sun, Libra, moon. And so those are all communicating with each other. And it just brings a much more air balanced energy as opposed to my husband who has a really good communication between sun and moon but we don't have that well-roundedness that that grand trine brings when we have that third missing piece you know yeah it's like each step of the air process is uh called for or accounted for with stefan whereas for guillaume there's just that missing piece yeah and it doesn't mean that like oh, you're missing something if you don't have a grand trine. It's like, it, it just kind of shows you how you're not missing something when you do somehow because it shows up so completely. That was so Libra Midheaven of you. <laughs> kind of means you're, you're missing, missing something, anything, but it's not guys. the end of the world if you're missing something if you don't have a grand trine. It's we, okay. Wait a little bit. They can you take it, good job, Where's your... <laughs> where's your libra <laughs> no i'm an aries if if we were all one person oh, we would be a grand trine exactly. if all of our degrees were close yes our firestorm yeah firestorm is a yeah, grand that's trine. that's what it is exactly yeah. are we though are we like actually trying no because yours no. is at zero degrees i'm at 21 and martha you're at nine Six, 16 i think Oh, oh your Venus is at nine. God, I'm just really showing okay, what a well, bad fine. friend I, I ruined am today. It. <laughs> yeah, I need you to start memorizing all uh, of our charts. God. Not only no, all of 11. our charts, but the degrees of all of our placements. And then the minutes. All right, it's coming. <laughs> my math brain. <laughs> oh we'll do it gosh. someday. But yeah, so the Grand Trine, I like to think it's kind of like if we were to assign planets to each one of these aspect patterns, planetary energy, the Grand Trine is kind of Venus energy. It's like it's harmonious. It's all working together. It's balanced. It's feeling good. This is pretty stable energy too. like this is um, this can also be like uh, if you have a Grand Trine, it's um, an unrealized or maybe just like something you don't realize you're talented in something you don't you take for granted which is similar to just general trine energy you take this uh potential or the skill for granted you know 
it's like it makes it can be sneaky too because i'm thinking about um a friend that we have mimi anna she's got a grand earth trine oh sneaky and sneaky. Yeah. and it's sneaky because she's a sagittarius with a leo moon and pisces rising so you don't think that that's somebody who has a grand earth trine but i remember meeting her like virtually and in person but virtually for the first time i was like where's the earth where is it she's yeah. just bringing the most grounded energy i've ever felt through the interwebs what is it and and then you ask her top three and you're like oh fire and water what am I getting here and then there's a sneaky like grand earth trying going on in her chart with her other placements so even if you don't have it as your top three you know and like in the example that you gave for Mitch it was Venus moon and Uranus that's something that you know you can find it in other placements too so it's fun Mm -hmm. to and you can also see it when you look at a chart like it's like bam here's a triangle I I don't have a grand oh what is it it's my midheaven and my mars and like almost my north node form this triangle in my chart because it's that 29 degrees capricorn almost aquarius so you see a giant triangle in my chart but then when you look into it you're like oh no like it's not a grand it's not a grand trine but anyways check it out because yeah they're actually very beautiful charts yeah they're really pretty charts to look at yeah they're just yeah, they're Venusian. They're, they're pretty. And something actually to go to what you had mentioned, Sierra, is for aspect patterns, you can use not just planets. You can use points like your midheaven, your nadir, your ascendant, and your descendant um, to play into the aspect pattern. I would say probably stick with ascendant and midheaven, but you do you, boo. Oh, I'm just thinking <laughs> if I count my D, if I count my nadir, if I count my nadir, then I've got a grand fire train. Mm, yeah. I'll play around with that. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. (laughs) So next one. Yeah. All right. We got T-square. Yes, T-square, which Sierra, you had mentioned is we've got two planets or more in an opposition to each other. And then there's a third point or planet that is creating a square to both of those on the opposition. So they're all going to be within the same mode, cardinal, fixed, or mutable. Yeah, and we've definitely talked about T-squares before on Patreon when we're talking about aspects and stuff like that, what's going on. But I'm excited to talk about more in depth here. Yeah, Yeah. if you think about what opposition means, they are opposing energies that are literally opposite one another, but they also have these similarities where they can come to in that midpoint. It's like if you think of your hands and like your hands outstretched and your arms are, you know, way outstretched and your your one hand and your other hand are opposite one another, they're opposite energies. And then your feet are what's making that T-square because it's that energy that's kind of balancing out the two, but it also it's not the same type of energy. We've got hands versus feet here, you know, they're they're like you know, like you said, it's the same mode. We've got a mutable hand, a mutable hand and mutable feet, (laughs) but they are different energies. And so that's kind of where this opposition, okay, we're opposing, but we have a way of coming to the middle. And then the feet angle is like, wait, but I'm not the same energy or I'm, I'm a similar energy, but I'm not this opposition. I'm coming in to kind of sometimes support, sometimes challenge that opposition that's going back and forth. Yeah. Like the mediator between the two. 
Yeah, it's either the mediator or the overcompensator where it's like, okay, you both are having conflict with each other because there's like with that opposition amount. Yeah, like with your hands, imagine there's a string tied to each one of your middle fingers and you're pulling your hands apart. At one point, there's going to be tension there. And that's kind of opposition energy. And then you have this third point that's noticing both of these planets in opposition to each other and almost like trying not to pick a side, but it can either mediate well depending on the planet that's that's squaring them or it can overcompensate so like if there is a venus that's squaring both of these uh, planets in opposition it's going to take a role of mediation or how can i balance this out how can i make this flow a little bit easier whereas if it's mars that's t squaring all of these two or more planets opposing each other it might just create more tension more conflict and there's also this is like Saturn energy. That's what I saw um, when I was doing some research on it, that it's Saturn. It's like, this is your, this is dynamic. There's growth that comes from this T-square. And the ghost point would be the sensitive point in the chart where there is no fourth planet, where there's this T-square, three planets or more in the same modes. And then that one mode, say like for uh Sierra's analogy I was going to say the head but maybe that's more confusing I was literally (laughs) going to say this is the head yeah the head is the ghost point and the arm stretched out (laughs) like the Gemini Sag say that those are opposing each other and then you've got Virgo t-squaring both of those mutable placements the one sign that isn't activated here is Pisces and this is the ghost point so it's almost like this is where we may feel like something is missing when there's that t-square or that that isn't balancing out the rest of the t-square out did I say out enough times, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I really like that because with your string example too, if you think of, you know, hands holding attention of a string and then your feet have an extra string attached that's adding tension, it could feel like there's something missing on the other side of the feet string yeah. to then pull it up to create a completely full tension balance in a way. Yeah. And we'll get to that. But- you know, I, I can see it being really helpful of like, Hey, simmer down there (laughs) or like, Hey, listen up, you know, it could show up in both ways with that T-square energy. Yeah. And I think with T-squares, there's just a natural, maybe inner conflict or inner tension, which can be translated into like perseverance and determination. Like when we talk about squares, I like the word dynamic always comes to mind because it's just like, there's so many choices to be made and so much um, like go-getter energy in a way when it comes to squares because it's like this is an obstacle and I'm not just going to live with the obstacle. It's about overcoming the challenge. And our example for T-square is actually Martha. She's got Saturn and Chiron opposite each other in Virgo and Pisces. And then it's square your ascendant at Gemini. How have you seen that show up? Well, everything in my life is that... Um that opposition of Saturn and Chiron. And actually I had no idea that I had a T-square to my ascendant Mm. because there's no lines to your ascendant on the chart like that. Um, But yeah, I guess I'm always kind of, who am I, who am I showing up as and who am I at home? That's always something I'm in conversation with myself with. Right, because it's in fourth and 10th house as well. So we've got the like angular houses being highlighted and saturn in the 10th is about yeah how are you showing up to the public chiron in the fourth is kind of dealing with your own inner world and then we've got the ascendant which gemini where how am i presenting myself to the people in front of me and what's my approach to life 
And I, and I see that that ascendant as helpful in that opposition in some ways because it's a very dy- dynamic ascendant in Gemini. Mm-hmm. Like I can be whatever, um, but it also is like my downfall too because when you see a Gemini energy person, you're just like, whoa, are they super scatterbrained or are they super put together? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's so interesting because, you know, thinking of, okay, Pisces energy, Virgo energy, and how you bring a lot of Virgo energy. And then you also are like, you're in this moment of going through like Saturn's return, like Pisces energy. Like that's, that's something that's always going to be activated with. I mean, we all have that Saturn and Chiron opposition, but it's a fun time guys. All three Everyone of us. Gets right. it, gets yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. All three of us. Um, <laughs> but that ascendant, I feel like that, that third piece, the one that's squaring in any of these situations, it's really it feels really important to look at that one. Like if it was Mars that's squaring, you know, that's going to be the thing that, okay, well, I have to do something about it. And maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I'm not doing it enough in action versus inaction. Whereas yours is the ascendant of this is how I'm showing up. Well, I'm showing up as this. And so how do I show up in a way that is, I guess, allowing these two oppositions to still communicate well to one another or if they're not how do I then show up in that way it just it's very it's very intriguing to see that third piece the one that's squaring in this mm-hmm. t-square way because yeah. like you said you, it really can help you show up because hey here I am I'm I'm dynamic Gemini and I'm all of these things I am this Chiron Virgo and I'm really good at doing this yet sometimes this is really hard for me and I am this Saturn Pisces who like puts like like the boundaries and we can do so much more than what we think but the Gemini is kind of bringing it as this multifaceted energy you know I even also see it as like compartmentalizing in some ways. I compartmentalize who I am in public versus who I am at home. And I feel like Gemini, that two sides allows me to do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because anyone who meets me on the street or like at work or something, they're like beyond shocked of what my home life is. Like that I have a child and like I'm just very domesticated and people are like, what you have a kid you're a mom like what I feel like it's just so separate and people are so shocked by it Mm, that's interesting yeah yeah I I think the with this I mean with all of them obviously the modes count but it is I feel like really key to focus on the modes Mm -hmm. with this t-square you know because the the missing piece then for you Martha the ghost point is yeah it's that Sagittarius which you do have Sagittarius placements but it's not part of this yeah it's not within the orb so but then you have a partner who's got a Sagittarius moon you know you've got friends that have got Sagittarius energy you know you kind of like seek that missing quote-unquote uh piece there that kind of helps bring that extra element of a tug (laughs) that can align those three pieces of the t-square definitely definitely (laughs) something to look into as more after this (laughs) yeah right Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you're enjoying it. We wanted to take a brief pause to let you know about Patreon and what we're doing over there. 
Every week, we release extra episodes exclusively to our patrons. We discuss the current astrology and give a weather report of what's to come. We also let loose a little and share how we've noticed the planets are affecting us more personally and globally. If you go over to patreon.com slash the stars made me do it, you'll find that we have three affordable tiers to choose from. If you join our pop star tier for just $3, you get access to these public episodes before anybody else. Every week we release these episodes like the one you're listening to right now early. And if you join our rock star tier for $6, you get these episodes early as well as access to half of our bonus episodes we release every Thursday. So that means you get to hang out with the firestorm a little bit more every other week. Lastly, if you join our superstar tier for $9, you get the works. You get access to the early episodes as well as every week's exclusive astrological weather report. It's a great spot to share what's on your mind astrologically and have you how you've noticed the planets are showing up for you. And if you feel like you don't know enough about astrology to join, don't worry. Many of our patrons feel the same way. But joining us on Patreon, you get to learn so much more about astrology, see how it's affecting you in real time. So go check us out over at patreon.com slash the stars made me do it. And the next one is um, very similar. It's that grand cross or grand square, which are different but extremely similar. And it's basically if that fourth ghost point were also activated so say mm-hmm. martha had a sagittarius placement that was in orb um you know aspecting all of those three mutable placements that would be called a grand cross or square the difference between a grand cross and a grand square is the grand square is four or more planets forming squares to one another and it literally looks like a square in the middle of the chart the grand cross is a little extra step further. I mean, it's kind of rare that you'll have one without the other, but it's when you also have exact oppositions to each other. It, it's not going to happen as often to have a grand square without a grand cross, but it is possible. So I just wanted to put it out there. Um, again, it's going to be in the same mode, uh, just like the T-square. And this is like, again, very internal, like dynamism, assertive planets. This is when someone is overcoming challenges or is a doer is a problem solver and may have had some setbacks in their life or some hard circumstances to overcome yeah i see the grand cross as them consistently having mountains to go over mm-hmm. yeah Which and makes that makes it very, very strong yeah yeah it makes a very strong individual someone who is independent someone who ha- is resilient very uh determined Mm-hmm. put a challenge you know, in front of them they got it yeah that's how they're that's how they're built you know like they're built yeah. as i overcome challenges as a part of being me so if a challenge is presented to me like it's just another day in the life of me yeah <laughs> you know? i would say this is very but, mars energy super like warrior survivor i got this yes yeah yeah. And, and like we've talked about before, but just square energy is that type of energy that you feel and can't quite ignore. Whereas some of like maybe trine energy, you know, like, like we said in the grand trine, you don't even realize that that's how you're showing up. It's just so natural. Whereas square energy is very felt. Mm-hmm. It is very hard not to notice square energy. So having that grand cross or grand square where you have all of those planets forming square energy, it's almost like a constant friction. But when you have constant friction, it's, it's a constant transformation and accomplishment or achievement or pushing past barriers or, you know, it's it's constantly, uh, I don't know, like 
moving against one another. So we have to keep doing something about it. So, oh my gosh, another obstacle, but I, I'm, I'm moving forward. I'm going to keep climbing. It's that energy that we can't yeah, it's almost like, and I'm wondering if anyone else will know what I'm talking about, but there, in some game show, there's like that uh, platform that you stand on and it is on a disc and it'll like roll around. You have to be standing in the right place to keep it balanced. Yes. And it's almost yes. the like four strings analogy that we're talking about. Okay, finally, one planet has tugged it to keep it balanced, but now the other ones are are feeling a little out of balance. So it's like a constant compensation for each other's need to be prevalent in the chart. And an example that we have for this is uh, a patron of ours, Sammy. We've got her chart and she has a grand square between her fixed placements. I want to say, let's see, Pluto, Mercury, the midheaven and the moon in all four of the fixed placements. And think about like that inner conflict when all four of those fixed signs have different motivations taurus wants to remain stoic and content whereas aquarius wants to keep it moving wants innovation wants to change the world scorpio wants to uh heal under the surface and then leo wants to be seen so like all four of these energies are active and are important in the chart and they're all tugging like now is my time to be activated. Now is my time to be activated. So this would, I and with it being so fixed, can tend to be kind of stubborn as well. Yeah. Oh, the, having the them all in fixed signs. So uh, yeah. I feel like that'd be very difficult because they all have a way they want to do it. Yeah. It's like, no, well, my way, no, my way. It's like, <laughs> well, we all have to do it. That energy would be so different than someone who had a grand cross or grand square and like mutable signs those yeah. people would kind of come across like a little bit more all over the place i think yeah, so like spacey yeah like whoa what are they, <laughs> they and they have and a lot going on with cardinal i feel like it would be like literally cannot get this person to sit down mm-hmm. get that shit done like yeah. but but you know, but maybe not done. Get that shit started. Get that shit <laughs> yeah. started. Yeah. I was like, as I say that, I actually think that the, you know, the fixed example could get the shit done if, you know, we come to that middle center. I love that. I love that example that you gave me of that kind of like platform that has the ball underneath of it that you have to kind of keep balance on. I literally had to do that in physical therapy and it literally makes you stronger. It makes you yeah. stronger when you have to do that. You know, that's because it is, we all, all muscles have to work together here. Not just the one you're trying to heal. Like I was yeah. working on like a knee and back injury, but the rest of my body had to work together to help that knee and back situation in order to stay balanced there because then it it's strengthening the entire unit. And so I can see that if we're like, all right, team, <laughs> we're all working together and and sometimes you do, oh my gosh, my left foot too much, my right foot too much, got to go forward, got to go back. And it's super like, oh my gosh, there's too much passing of energy. But then when you find that middle point, literally between all four corners in that way, then we are so sturdy, you know, so it requires effort, but then it can really find that sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. The foundation would be so strong once you find the good spot. Yeah. Yeah. And just going through like 
say you found a grand cross or grand square in your chart let's go through like cardinal fix and mutable what they would be like because for our example it's sammy i would and she's you know she's got this grand fixed square um and i would think that's like pressure to finish everything or um maybe not open to change from outside forces if something's going to change it has to be like their idea whereas i think for like a grand cardinal square there might be difficulty following others like but also such a good leader like leadership is in your nature and you've overcome challenges to become a leader but there might be the difficulty to follow others or let other people take the reins yeah a kid with that in school would not want to be in school i'm sure i feel like yeah. i feel like if a grit with the fixed it would be like you would tell them to do something and they'd be like that's funny no <laughs> <laughs> but if a, like with the cardinal, if you told them to do something, I think it could be met with some some rage because yes. it would be like I give the orders, whereas the fixed would be like, that's funny that you threw that pebble at my brick wall, whereas yeah. the, you know, the cardinal, nobody's telling me what to do because I'm the one who's deciding I'm how we're starting the thing. Delegator. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then for a grand mutable square, I would kind of similar to what you said, Martha, like maybe difficulty committing or, you know, yeah, they just like are pulled in so many directions that there's not one thing that they want to do or can do. They have to like stimulate themselves with a lot of different. Yeah. Many different, life. many different interests, many different multitasking strands yeah. open at the same time. The tabs on their computer, Oof. they're all open. That's a challenge to right. overcome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, close them tabs. Hi. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many tabs I have open. <laughs> no, but anyways. All righty. Shall we move on to the next one? Let's do no. it. All right. No. What? <laughs> Episode <laughs> over, you guys. We're done. <laughs> Martha's done. <laughs> All right. So the next one is called the Yod, and it's also called the Finger of God. Um, it's spelled Y-O-D. I've always heard it called Yod, but I, you know, logically it would make sense to be Yod, and it would only be Yod if there was an E at the end. But it's that's what I've always heard it called. What about you guys? Or with an A in it, it could be Yod. You're right, like a toad. Oh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> I my brain needs to say yod because oh it, okay. it, it should because the you need to have an e to make the vowel say its name like I don't yes, understand but, it's but English, I have therefore it makes zero sense exactly I've come to understand <laughs> that as well so um yod no nah, no nah, I'm gonna say potato yod, potato I potato potato <laughs> rizan rizan oh boy oh, you're right <laughs> Bringing in the Akatar references for an educational episode. Where are we? Okay, anyways. <laughs> I know where we are. All right. So also known as the finger of God, this is when two planets are forming a sextal to each other and then forming an inconjunction to a third planet or point. And that inconjunction is a minor, minor aspect. So we are bringing in a minor just for this guy here. Um, I use inconjunctions as a major, honestly, in my practice. So I don't see much of a difference. But basically, it's when a planet is 150 degrees away, uh, which you could essentially do by what's the opposition. So Gemini, Sag are opposite each other. On either side of Sagittarius is going to be an inconjunction to Gemini. So Gemini is in conjunct both Scorpio and Capricorn, five signs away. So we have the two planets forming a sextile to each other. For example, that 
uh, Scorpio, Capricorn could form a sextile to each other. And then the Gemini would be an inconjunction. And this is the finger of God or a yod. And the finger I of feel... God thing is getting me. Also, <laughs> when I look at yod, it reminds me of um, who's the guy in Star Wars or Star Trek? Yoda? Yeah, it looks like that when it's written on the screen. Yes, it does. That was that's where my brain goes. That was a nice, like, partial reference for Martha. And <laughs> she went for we it. gotta give it to her. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Two in one I... episode. <laughs> Dang. Right. I feel like this, if we're going back to that uh what was it? The hold on. If we're going back to the T square versus the yod yod whatever yod if you think about that okay hands stretched out your arms stretched out and your hands being the two points in your feet that is like because we've got the square energy and opposition energy this we're talking about sextile energy so it makes me think of a slingshot because the your arms are far Mm -hmm. apart when your hands when your hands are far apart when your arms are outstretched this is very much it's that sextile so they're closer together it's not an opposition we're not having opposite energy we're having sextile energy we we're communicating we you know can see each other's perspective we've got normally that shows up normally you know because we're in elements here it would be like a fire and an air or an earth and a water they're talking well with each other and then we have that slingshot energy that's not sharing anything in common with either of those we're not sharing a mode or an element in common so like Mimi said in that example as a Capricorn we've got cardinal earth uh Scorpio we've got fixed water and then that yod that's happening is Gemini which is mutable air there's nothing in common there but that's that's what makes it a very cool placement and why yeah the finger of God I've, I've heard it and learned it as that as well because it's normally such a prominent and important i don't i want to say something to overcome or leads you towards something that when you overcome that it's it's like enlightening it's so mm-hmm. it's it's a big enlightenment placement from what i've learned it as yeah and like a place of new perspective because think of the two planets or points that are in a sextile to each other they're in cahoots they're working together they're communicating there's opportunity there but they're only looking at each other and maybe forget that there's something outside and then there's maybe this third placement that's saying wait i'm useful too and i'm very different from you so let's round out this whatever plan or scheme that it is these two planets and skex in gextal in sextal have with each other and it brings a new yeah. perspective and kind of shakes up the two planets in sextal so i think yeah clarity comes when the individual realizes they aren't missing something and then they can discover like this hidden talent or this hidden skill i really like this quote from cafe astrology that's written here which It's so beautiful, and it's exactly what you guys just said. This is an appointment with power in which consciousness and its capability for seeings are tested. It is a secret to be decoded, an intense dilemma, or a visitation from the unknown. I love that. A visitation from the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's exactly what that's exactly what you were saying, Mimi. It's this we're we're good, the two of us, and then it's like, wow, this you know. Like, oh, you know, moment of finger, I never saw the this clouds before. open in the sky yeah. and the finger of God comes down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like if you think of the slingshot like analogy, 
where you've got this structure that you're holding in your hand that it's the two pieces, you know, I don't know what they're called, Rods. Like, you know, the two forks of the, mm-hmm. of the slingshot. And then, but we're very solid and sturdy. And as soon as we realize that this other component with this tension that's being pulled back by this in conjunct that's happening opposite and in between, and we actually have the power to shoot somewhere completely new with this additional energy, it it adds an entire, it changes the game. It's like going from a stick to a slingshot that completely changes the game. And so when you focus on that, when you pay attention to where it's pointing and that that finger of god you know where it's pointing that is the thing that could change the game that you know enlightenment element so our example for this is another patron of ours has venus in pisces in a sextile to mercury in taurus so they're two signs away from each other and then forming this finger or this yode to saturn in libra which has nothing to do with taurus or pisces so saturn is this missing point that's bringing a new perspective the slingshot energy yeah which makes sense like i love that because we have the venus and pisces and mercury and taurus both bringing like very much connected energy kind of earth but ethereal spiritual connection communication between what they value and what needs to be um i don't know i guess needs to be said or communicated and then it's very like ethereal or earthly whereas saturn and libra is very relationship based and it remembers to bring the perspective of your relationships and other people to the mix i really like where it is in her chart too because the venus is in the ninth and mercury is in the 11th ninth is like very expansive philosophy learning and everything like that 11th dreams community humanitarianism and Mm. then the saturn is in the fourth so it brings it back into that like instead of that external dreamy world it brings it back into like okay this is your home life this is your inner world this is your roots bring it back to yourself i really like that it also can be i think once that once that revelation, you know, once that connection is made, we've got Saturn and Libra and one of the sextal placements is Venus. And so there is that understanding there, like even though, you know, we've got earth, water as opposed, and you know, we've got mutable earth and water as opposed to cardinal air. I think because it is Libra, there is that, I don't know, maybe more, it could be more easily noticed and maybe doesn't go under the radar mm-hmm. as much right away because we do have that Venusian vibe. Yeah, and us. Mercury so- is in Taurus. So like Venus is ruling both of these planets here. You're right. Yeah, exactly. So it has that, they can find some, I don't know, they can find commonality faster somehow because I feel like it's not always obvious of how to bring in that extra element with a yode, but this this feels much more... Uh, like commonality to me Mm. which is very libra so much venus i also remember when i was learning about yodes that this is like a very spiritual placement very much like this is a spiritual growth placement oh yeah that's interesting no yeah because this person this person literally makes art as their spiritual practice Mm, yeah so venus yeah ah beautiful i love that yeah And on to the next one. The next two are pretty complicated. So if if you've been, you know, chugging along or chug a lug lugging along, as Martha would say, uh, with (laughs) us for the last few, these next two are a little more complicated, but we're going to do, we're going to bring it back down to basics so that it's easy to understand. The next one is a kite. 
which involves a minimum of four planets or points. And it's essentially that grand trine that we talked about in the beginning. And then there's one planet opposing one of those planets in the grand trine. And by doing that, it's also forming a sextile to the remaining two planets or points. And you can see it in the chart. It looks like a triangle in the middle and then a smaller triangle from two of those points creating what a kite would look like in the sky. Yeah. And it's, it's a similar idea as, you know, we talked about with that, the square energy and with the grand square, grand cross, because you do have, you can have that cross going on. You have uh, multiple of the same aspect going on that are all communicating with each other. But as opposed to square energy, we're starting with trine, a grand trine energy. And then there's something that's communicating even more I don't I think it makes it more noticeable because like we said with that grand trine we're just flowing we're just flowing between these these elements back and forth and then with this sextile entering the picture it's chatting in a little bit of a different language so we are we pay attention to it more so I feel like it has the power to anchor and activate whatever that grand trine is going on yeah Whatever that opposing planet is, this is like signifying, it reveals like unrealized talents again. So when, whenever we're talking about like trines or sextiles, there's always, this is something that you're good at or a natural skill. And so we have this opposing planet that's creating sextiles to the other two points. This is definitely a hidden talent that comes to be uh, realized over the span of your life. Yeah. And I liked this quote from Cafe Astrology. Uh, a grand trine alone may not provide enough impetus or challenge to develop the talents inherent in the grand trine. A kite formation adds an element of challenge and tension, challenge slash tension. And the opposed planet can tell us a lot about how the native focuses and releases this energy. So yeah, like what we talk about with trines when they're happening, that they're great. We're chatting nicely. We're also happy, but because there's nothing shaking up that energy, sometimes that energy isn't maybe taken advantage of or noticed. And so this is that, the, you know, what they call like, there's not enough impetus there. This is the thing that adds that, that little bit of like, Hey, Hey, we're tugging you down here because you've got so much power. When are you going to yeah. use it? Yeah, this has so much, it again comes back to like, this is another dynamic placement because yes, it's creating trines and sextiles, but we've got that opposition. We're bringing a little bit, like you said, that tension into the mix so that there is drive to move forward or drive to take action. Yeah, it like literally is like that kite because it's the shape of that kite that allows it to catch the wind and fly, you yeah. know, it. And so the, a triangle is such a sturdy shape. It is so strong. But when you make it that angled, uh, you know, that kite shape, that's when we can really do something with this strong shape. Yeah, it's like, okay, you've mastered that. Now let's let's challenge you to move even further. Um, and that oh, focal planet is super prominent. Like, okay, what is creating the kite there? And how, how are you going to use it? And so for our example... This is actually wild. So Julia, a patron of ours, she's got her grand trine, moon, Chiron, and Saturn are all in a trine with each other in in the earth signs. And then opposite that moon is her ascendant in Cancer. And it's a little out of orb, but I think it's well enough because she actually has three kites in her chart, which is wild. There is a pointer Holy planet shit. creating an opposition to all three of those uh, moon, Chiron and Saturn. 
which is also called a grand sextile, and we're not going to talk about it this episode, but it's extremely rare. So Julia, look into it or reach out to us on Discord. We'll talk about it because it's fascinating. But so, yes, yeah, she has three kites in her chart, basically. So moon, Chiron and Saturn are all in this trine. And then the ascendant is opposing the moon. So it's the focal planet. Then we also have the south node opposing Saturn. And then we've also got Uranus opposing Chiron. So those are the three kite formations, which isn't going to make sense that... to anyone listening. But just know it's there. Just know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that ascendant that is like the instigator for those energies Mm. yeah like propels it forward yeah that's so interesting because we've got this earthy energy happening so much earth so much grounded so much practicality and and just showing up that way but you know what's making it special and what's making it able to be seen and utilized in the best way is when you approach it in this cancer caring and nurturing because you know we can be really solid and really taken care of with no emotion behind it you know you can have like uh, you can have all of your needs met physically and not have your needs met emotionally and so this like emotional uh you know very intuitive element that's being brought here then allows i feel like all of that solidity to be noticed and appreciated I'm excited to hear Julia talk about this in the Discord. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm excited Patreon. to hear you guys talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to know what her comments about what you guys said. Yeah. I mean, she actually has three grand trines or two grand trines in her chart, which is why this is, I mean, it's so there's so many different patterns in this chart that we could talk about. So it's kind of overwhelming to like, how do we pick one? Um, because there's so many focal planets, each one of the planets in these trines is the focal is the focal planet in whatever regard or whatever situation she's in. So with this grand trine, the grand earth trine being in the in the air houses, okay, there's a sense of groundedness when it comes to your relationships, to your connections to other people, to your mental capacity. And then we've got three focal planets all in the water houses, which is saying, okay, once you've felt like you've mastered this grounded nature in your relationships, how can you then implement or challenge yourself further to bring in these watery energies to be able to express more emotionally or vulnerably uh, in this grounded, in wherever these grounded relationships or mental kind of growth journeys are showing up for you. Wow, it's a very beautiful chart to look at. I know. It is. Chiron, <laughs> very important. Yes, yeah. That's a different story. So on to the last, which again is another very rare pattern. It's called the mystic. It's kind of just called the rectangle, but I love there are some people who call it the mystic rectangle. So I'm like, yes, please. No, I literally like in looking this up, that's what I was finding, the mystic rectangle. Yes. I was like, I, I am here for this mystic rectangle. Absolutely. <laughs> and the mystic rectangle is a shape, is a rectangle in the chart. So you would think it's like, okay, this is more square energy, but it's actually two oppositions, two separate oppositions, and then two sextals to each other as well. So instead of having the equal lines of a square, there are two longer lines, the oppositions, and then two shorter lines, the sextals creating a rectangle in the chart. Oh, 
I'm I'm looking at our example and I'm excited yeah. about it. But before we, yeah. <laughs> so this is definitely um, the most complicated of the aspect pattern. Well, actually, I would say this and the kite are very complicated, but this one's kind of hard to find if you don't know what if you're not actively looking for it. You know. Yeah, and the quote that I got from Cafe Astrology here is that the harmonious trine and sextile aspects can be considered release points for the tension of the oppositions. Mm. And so the native can be attracted to important causes. There's a strong chance that the native will put his or her talents to work or to good use, which I love that idea of the tension of the oppositions having a release point mm. in those mm. sextile trine aspects. Yeah. That's that is such a, it seems like, you know, we're, we have some place to put all of that energy. It's not just stored up energy. It's some place to put it to good use. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. So our example for this is another patron, Morgan. And I told, cause she didn't give her chart, but I um, messaged her separately. And I was like, I found that you have this mystic rectangle. Can I please use your chart? She was like, yes, cannot wait to hear all about it. So um, <laughs> she's got her moon opposite to Pluto. And then her nodes obviously are opposite each other, which is true for everybody. But then she's got her moon opposite to one of the nodes, or not opposite, sextal to one of the nodes and Pluto sextal to the other node. The moon is trying to one of the nodes and Pluto is trying to the other node. So it's basically there are two parallel lines in the chart and they're creating sextals and trines to each other. Um, and I kind of love the idea of having this like parallel pathway in your chart of choosing, okay, I'm on this path right now. I'm on this opposition. I'm feeling this push and pull and it's feeling very tense. I'm feeling conflicted. How can I look towards the moon here to assist me on this like drive? The moon seems like such a good sister in this situation. It's like, okay, well, like, let's listen to my internal voice coming from my intuition and then be guided through this. Yeah. 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 I know there's Ooh. like such an intuitive nature, especially because the moon is opposite to Pluto. She's got her moon in Taurus, which is a very grounding place, which is very much a wanting a sense of peace and serenity and opposite to Pluto and Scorpio, which is noticing any subliminal power shifts or power dynamics, any sort of control that's going on around them where Taurus doesn't want to be controlled. There's that opposition. But then we have this north node in the sextile or in the trine to, you know, depending on which planet you're looking at, the North Node is in a trine to the moon or it's in a sextile to Pluto so in Capricorn saying, why don't we use this uh, control or power that you're feeling and instead use it to your benefit? Mm. Oh, it's so good because that's we're working with earth and water energy, but when you've got opposite earth and water, you do have more of that tension, but it's just so like thinking about Capricorn coming in in between like Taurus moon and Pluto and Scorpio and it being the North node, like such a great out. It's such a good outlet. We can see that because Capricorn also likes control in the way that Pluto Scorpio wants it, but it also just wants to have that grounded and, you know, calm in a everything's taken care of way that the moon and Scorpio wants that. And then you've got this supported, by the south node in cancer that is like reminding you to nurture through this process because transforming this pluto energy that's you know that's a big task and the moon 
has a lot of emotions and this mm. south node of cancer is almost like this we got you we got you through this and and capricorn's like don't worry this is where we're going we got you it's it's such nice I don't know. It's exactly that. It's that release of that tension that those, you know, that moon and Pluto could be feeling. I just realized I have a mystic rectangle in my chart. (laughs) With what? With my Venus and my Saturn and then my Jupiter and my part of fortune. Oh, hey. I know. Well, Jupiter and part of fortune are in there. Yes. (laughs) How do you feel it? Oh, I don't. I will feel it later. After you think about it a little bit, I don't have feelings about it yet. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's kind of interesting, yeah, because both Jupiter and Part of Fortune are involved in uh, the oppositions, and you know they're opposite, both Saturn and Venus. So yeah, I'm gonna have to play around with that, see how I feel that play out mm-hmm. in my life. Anyway, sorry, Aries had so to make that about myself. It. Apparently, sorry. No, Mark. my no. <laughs> my brain, my brain just took over too because I'm like, do I have that with my like Venus and my Mars with then my Jupiter and my part of fortune? I think I might. Okay. <laughs> I think I might. Degree points. Gotta look into it. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, these aspect patterns are just really fun to like sit down with your chart and see, okay, what do I have here? How do I see that playing out in my life? What does it mean? Um, And how can you use it? Right. That's like kind of the main thing whenever you're finding a new thing in your chart. How how can this be useful to you? Well, maybe that's just because I'm earthy placements. (laughs) Doesn't have to be useful, you know. (laughs) It could just be a good time. Yeah. No, it's these things always come up or, you know, we tend to investigate the parts of our chart at the right time. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I feel like it's just one of those revelation moments of like, oh, like I've got a kite that makes so much sense that this is the thing that activates when I go into this facet of my life, it then activates something that feels really good and natural for me. So yeah, play around, see what you've got. And I feel like the timing of it always has a really cool way of of working out with like, yes, okay, I do need to lean more into creativity or whatever the thing might be. Yeah. So there you have it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that's a wrap on uh, aspect patterns. Um, It is. Martha, why did we talk about aspect patterns today? Because the stars made us do it. (laughs) 